It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner, sponsored by FantasyPoints.com. My name is Justin Varnes. I'm one of the IDP analysts at FantasyPoints.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. And my partner in crime, joining us again from the West Coast, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing tonight, Thomas? Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> always the I'm sound doing, effects guy. <laughs> I'm always doing well. You know, I have to, yeah. and especially in today's world. Absolutely. So we're going to dive right into our uh, preseason two, uh, week two breakdown. Uh, this this was an interesting one because we kind of got half and half information. Um, we'll be rolling into next week, which we're going to talk about in a second. But um, what do you make of w- preseason week two, Thomas? Well, we weren't quite sure what we were going to get out of week two. Um, but we did notice there was quite a few teams that used their starters for 40 to 50% of the snaps. And, you know, they played almost a half a game. Some, some of them even went into the third quarter. Um, but there's still a number of teams that sat their starters in, in this preseason week two. You know, teams like Kansas City, they, you know, their defensive players played 50 to 53% uh, of the snaps. And yet there were other teams that didn't even run their starters out. So it, you're still. It's being treated as, as, okay, they're still rolling out the carpet. They're still getting up to speed. But they're looking at these games as more of a check down on what they want to do with players that are, are bubble players. And, you know, if you don't start a game and you get in late in the third or even fourth quarter, then chances are you're going to be you're, – you're a bubble player and you're on the, the verge of being cut. So – um, I, I think that uh, what are your thoughts about week two turning into week three? Well, I, I'm with you. There's so much that can be uh, misinterpreted in these preseason games. It's, you know, it's really easy to to see somebody out there go, oh, my gosh, I guess now they're, they're the starter when that's not the case. And right. preseason week two has, you know, this is a new format. Normally we've had four preseason games. Now, now it's now it's only three. And so this second week was going to be something, you know, it's uncharted territory, how they're going to split up playing time and make um, roster decisions and, and camp battles uh, decided on the football field. Was that normally we see that uh, happen in week three. Uh, but obviously this time we, and we kind of got half and half. I, I'm with you. It's a little hard to decipher that, but that's what people like Thomas and I are, are here for is to try and help uh, sift through these tea leaves. I do believe week three will provide a lot of answers, not all of the answers, but a lot of the answers from some of the questions we've built up through training camp week one and week two of preseason. Um, we're going to go ahead. You, you have to take this with a grain of salt because of the fact that these defenses are not rolling out their schemes and their big, you know, their, there's their full systems. They're basically just running out these basic plays to get the players on the field and in contact. And again, we'll see probably a lot of these teams do more, you know, more look at, at their starters and get them in there for a quarter or more. Uh, pretty much all the teams will. There is still one or two teams out there that just going to say the hell with this. I don't want to risk 
you know, players getting hurt. I mean, we're going to go over the injury list in a few minutes and you're going to see why teams are more scared of playing that third game because they do get, you know, a big chunk of time off before they start the season. So again, it's kind of a catch 22 because if they don't do it, then they go 10, 15 days before they see a game and, and their starters haven't played at all. So it's, they're stuck in the middle here, and I think you're going to see a lot of teams turn to their starters in week three. Let's move on to news and notes. Uh, you got a few uh, from the Patriots and Eagles game, I believe. Yeah, um, rookie defensive lineman Christian Barmore and uh, safety Kyle Duggar, they both started for the Patriots against the Eagles. Now, both had a solo, and Barmore took, I believe, it was 43% of the snaps, and Duggar took 38%. And Duggar added two PDs. So these two got a lot of playing time, and I think they're going to be a little more involved. We talked about Duggar in detail last week, and Barmore, I think, is going to have a big role in a rotational situation on that Patriots defensive line. Yeah, I, I, one thing we noticed was the rotation of Duggar and Phillips. Yeah. Uh, and, and we still haven't, you know, this is, this is one of those questions we we are hoping to see answered in week three. Uh, we know that Bill Belichick is going to use both of them, but in week three, does Duggar continue to quote unquote, be the starter over Phillips, uh, and, and possibly play more snaps or was this just, uh, you know, sometimes this will happen and you have to notice if the, if who you think is the incumbent starter even dresses, if they don't even play a snap, then, then, then it, that really makes it unclear as to why that person was out there or you should, you can kind of think well maybe this i'm pretty sure the starter is really going to be the starter if darius leonard isn't dressed for the game and, and doesn't take a snap then you're not worried about him losing his, his role right but phillips did dress and did come in after duggar um so that that will be one that's one of those questions we're hoping we'll get a little more clarity on, on week three uh another equally frustrating situation um this is going to mirror basically what we saw uh the dallas Cowboys have had this is now their actually their third preseason game if you include the Hall of Fame game and we're seeing a pretty clear picture and uh it's it's a real mess out there uh Micah Parsons is looking uh, amazing he's playing he looks great to the eyes great on on the stat sheet PFF is grading him well I mean he's it, it, this is not a mirage Micah Parsons is the real deal and we're seeing Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Keanu Neal kind of rotate around him. One of their favorite packages, as we mentioned last week, was Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal kind of as they're passing down or nickel or dime, uh, you know, um, linebacker duo. The question is, during this week three that we're going to see, does Parsons play every snap with the starters and the other three kind of rotate around him? Or do they create this too frustrating of a mix where Parsons is only on the field 60% of the time and Neil's on for 40% and Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch mix those up. I'm hoping there's, there's a, a crack of sunshine here that Parsons can be reliable and it's the other three that will be unreliable, but we're, we're kind of waiting to see that. I put a, a, a poll on Twitter uh, before we, you know, last night to, to try to get through a whole 24 hours to see what it would say. But uh, the poll was about this exact issue with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, which was at what point, like if you just assume that, uh, that Parsons is the lead dog here, at what point is Jalen Smith or Leighton Vander Esch a value? Uh, and it, it was pretty close. Um, LB 
12 to 24, i.e. LB2, came in at 17%. The the value really showed up at LB25 to 36, which is kind of your LB3 there. So if he falls, if either Jalen Smith or Leighton Van Der Esch fall in my opinion, I'm looking at them as LB4s. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure they're going to they're gonna be consistent enough to even be an LB3. Uh, but, yeah, everybody kind of chimed in as LB3, LB4 is where you want to be thinking about taking someone like Jalen Smith uh, um, or Leighton Van Der Esch. But, really, I'm just focusing on Parsons, and I'm hoping to get consistent linebackers elsewhere. You know, we, we with all this discussion of these four linebackers, we haven't even mentioned Jabril Cox who came in in the second half, and he was the one out of all the linebackers. Cox took the most snaps. He took 46% of the snaps. Granted, they were second half, but he tied for the team lead with uh, Van Der Esch with three solos and an assist for tackles. So Cox is going to be, I think, right up there with Parsons as far as the, the two that they're going to look for in the future, with Parsons being the anchor. Now, we haven't even discussed, you know, that – the roster cutdowns. You have to cut from eighty-five to eighty by tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, and then uh, after week three on the Tuesday following that, they have to drop from eighty to fifty-three. So that's where the big one's going to happen, and that's where a lot of trades are going to go down. Teams are like Dallas are going to trade somebody like Jalen Smith to to take care of and alleviate this problem that they have at linebacker. And if that happens, then Van Der Esch's stock rises a tiny bit, but so does Jabril, Jabril uh, Cox and uh, Neil. So this is kind of a frustrating situation. And even with the third week, we're probably going to have to wait until after the game and then find out what they do with the roster cuts. Now, um, somebody I want to mention um, who had a – we talked about last week in regards to these coming back. We talked to uh, Dr. Edwin about uh, landing Collins and him returning from the Achilles. And we were concerned a little bit as to whether or not, you know, he, how is he going to respond? How should we look at this? Um, Collins didn't start this past week, but he did play. And surprisingly enough, he had this one particular play on um, tight end Thaddeus Moss, I believe it was. He just came out of nowhere. He, 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 came about 10, 12 yards and just slammed him as soon as he caught the ball. So in one of his first plays in the game, it very well appears that Collins is back and is ready to play. Um, granted, he didn't. He only saw, I believe, it was 18% of the snaps in this game, and he didn't start. But I think he's going to be ready for week one. I want to update us on some more LB rotations uh, that we've mentioned a little bit in the past that are, are murky um, one of them is the Kansas City Chiefs last year. They were incredibly frustrating, uh, and we were hoping that Willie Gay Jr. would kind of take the lead. We'd heard good things in camp. Uh, he did come out and start with Anthony Hitchens. Uh, it was Hitchens I was hoping he would replace, but it was Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay and also Ben Neiman, who's becoming Ben Nemesis to me because last year they pumped up Ben Neiman. There's always going to be our three-down linebacker, all these great things, and and he came out and played like seven snaps in that opening game, and then he played just enough to be annoying all season. So he was out there. So it was Hitchens, Gay, and Ben Neiman all kind of rotating around. What we need to see in week three is – Will Gay really take a clear lead here? If not, he's not going to necessarily have that fantasy relevance that we're hoping for. Um, 
All, another one is that luckily is a clear situation. We've just seen, you know, all, you know, every thing that we've read and seen, everything has been completely consistent with Arizona's linebackers, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. They again were the starting two inside linebackers when they were in three linebacker sets. We've got to finally see Jordan Hicks, but when it was down to two, it was Collins and Simmons and they're on, on the field a lot. There probably won't be many opportunities uh, or many situations where we'll only see one of those linebackers on the field. And that's because of their versatility. You don't have to take linebacker Isaiah Simmons off the field and replace him with a defensive back. All you have to do is just, you know, make Isaiah Simmons, who is also a defensive back, be a defensive back. So that versatility should keep uh, Simmons and Zayvon Collins on the field for the majority of the snaps. And we really should see some um, nice production. I think out of both of them, I, I, it's hard to, I mean, you're really splitting hairs in terms of how this is, this is going to go down. Uh, in terms of Simmons and, and Collins, I think I think Collins will be more consistent. I think Isaiah Simmons has the higher floor, but also the lower ceiling, just based on his uh, tendency to probably get moved around all three levels of defense, which just creates a little bit of inconsistency. But these are really, really close. I like both of these guys. Indeed. And, and two other linebackers from that game that we haven't mentioned, Nick Bolton, the rookie that Kansas City uh, drafted this year. He played in the second half, and it doesn't look like he's going to be very much involved, uh, at least not in the, the beginning of the season. Um, he'll be a rotational kind of guy playing on special teams. Uh, it's going to be Gay, Hitchens, and, and Neiman that we'll be talking about most of all for the first half of the year. And then on the um, Arizona side, Jordan Hicks is just – we warned everybody that it looks like he's on his way out, and this is becoming even more concrete. And it's really – tough to understand because that's a guy who has a hundred tackles in two straight seasons and hundred tackles and 10 tackles for loss two consecutive years. And yet he's not even being discussed as a starter. So in fact, he's not even being discussed on the roster. He's another guy who could get traded at the, uh, at the cut down date um, next a week from tomorrow. So that's something we've got to be keeping an eye on. Now, speaking of another linebacker, in Seattle. Uh, unfortunately, I, I worked that game. It was brutal. I mean, they, it was a 30 to three score. Denver blew out the, the Seahawks. Now, granted, it was the Seahawks didn't start any of their starters. Um, Bobby Wagner didn't play. Jamal Adams didn't play. Quandry Diggs didn't play, so on and so forth. One guy that did play and played quite a bit, he took 56% of the snaps, was Jordan Brooks. Brooks had a really nice game posting six solos and an assist, and he was all over the field for the, the long time that he was out there. Now, granted, I think a lot of that, they didn't plan on him doing this, but Ben Burke Irvin, uh blew out his knee on the opening kickoff, and is kind of, we'll talk about it in the injury report, but that created a need for them to play Brooks more. So he did respond with a really nice game. All right. All uh- right. Moving on, uh, let's hit the what we're going to call kind of our quick hits here. So instead of digging in as much, we're going to kind of do a little bit more of a rapid fire, get through some other notes, other things that were notable, but don't take quite as much uh, analysis and breakdown and, and things to sift through. So uh, Thomas, why don't you get us started? Well, we've, we've been watching him all, all summer long, Alex Singleton. He continues to shine. He posted five solos and two assists with a tackle for a loss. 
And he did that in just 24% of the snaps. That was only 19 snaps he did that. So he had seven total tackles in 19 snaps. The guy was all over the field. He's looking more and more like this guy is going to be a th- close to a three-down linebacker. He's going to be the one that will spend the most time on the field for the Eagles. Uh, Chris Jones, I don't know if anybody got to see him uh, go off there. Uh, he's, man, what he looks great as a defensive end. They've experimented by moving him out there. This is another thing like we mentioned with Arizona. You hear whispers that they're going to start experimenting with Chris Jones playing outside the tackles. And then he happens a little bit in training camp, but you definitely want to see it with your own eyes. And, and boy, did we do that uh, a couple of years ago. Jones had a breakout season and then they shifted him. Uh, his role inside became a little bit more, uh, it became less productive. Basically his, his ro- roles and responsibilities changed a little bit. And we accurately predicted that he wouldn't be able to repeat that, that kind of breakout production, but now he's in a different role and possibly his most productive role of the three. He looks fantastic playing off the edge. And as his ADP uh, currently, he's he's buried. I, he's somebody that could easily be a DL2, if, if not uh, DL1 playing there. And some leagues, he might still even be a defensive tackle. And if you play in a, a defensive tackle league, if you could get somebody like Jones, uh, who's who is seeing a lot better matchups and getting to use a combination of his speed and his power to his advantage. I think Chris Jones's arrow is pointing up this year. You know, when we want to talk about uh, linebackers in Washington, we've talked about Jamin Davis and the rookie that they, they drafted this year, but it was Cole Holcomb and John Bostic who ran with the first team defense in uh, this preseason week two. Um, Holcomb started and, and took 14 snaps and Bostic took 13. Now, granted, uh, Davis did come into the game later on. Uh, he took 30% of the snaps, but it, it, it was kind of an eye catcher that Holcomb and Bostic were the ones that started that game. So we need to keep an eye on that in preseason week three. Another linebacker who we're excited about, a second-year player out of Cincinnati, Logan Wilson. He clearly is the go-to guy there in Cincinnati. Uh, that's what they drafted him to be, but it just took a little. It took a year longer than they wanted, and a lot of that, I'm sure, had to do with COVID. Uh, they clearly were not happy with their linebacker play last year. It was a you know one of the reasons Jesse Bates had an amazing season last year was he had he was on cleanup duty a lot. I mean, I you know. Not every free safety is is kind of cleanup duty in terms of how they are productive, but in la- in last year's case, that was that was the deal with Bates. They just had such you know poor linebacker and defensive line play, just a, a lot of leaky holes there in that defense. Um, and they moved Logan Wilson to that kind of three down role, uh, and he's playing well there. Looks like he is locked in. The other note is that next to him, Jermaine Pratt is starting, but he's getting replaced by Jordan Evans on passing down. So that really not only puts a damper in Pratt's um, consistency and upside, but also is a clear indication that Wilson is the guy there, not Pratt. Another linebacker to talk about, Pittsburgh. Joe Schobert, we talked about him last week in, in regards to we thought that maybe Devin Bush was was not rebounding well from last year's injury and that they went after Schobert because of the fact that they thought that he could step in for Bush and if Bush wasn't doing so well. Well, they both started this week, and it was Robert Spillane who came in off the bench, um, and it was Schobert and, and Bush as the starters. So 
we're still concerned with the fact that uh, we're not sold on Bush being 100% healthy. And um, we don't, we could see him doing the same thing he's done in the past in his first year, um, which was he would play uh, only one week, he would play 45% of the snaps, next week, 65. So there's that bouncing around that could happen. I think Schobert's going to probably be more consistent anywhere between 60 and 70%. And I think Spillane's the one that's going to sit on the bench until an injury happens. Atlanta Falcons rookie safety Richie Grant has mostly been playing his snaps in the slot, which is um, inconsistent for fantasy. But depending on how they use him, we could see uh, an instance here where we get a little bit of that Mike Hilton or Logan Ryan love because both of those were essentially safeties who tried to man the slot and, you know, racked up not only a lot of tackles because, you know, slot corners nowadays are on the field, you know, maybe 60 to 80 percent of the time, but also uh, there at the edge, getting pass rushing opportunities, you know, tackles for loss, really um, kind of ramp up some big plays. I'm not we're not sure if he's going to play there exclusively and really be somebody we can rely on the way we did Logan Ryan and Mike Hilton the last couple of years. But it's something definitely to watch. Uh, Jalen Hawkins, uh, the other safety, he mainly played deep. So in terms of a fantasy option, uh, he's doing a good job on the back end there, but not really somebody we can rely on for for fantasy value. Not all deep safeties are are um, not usable or unusable for fantasy, but so far Hawkins' role is looking like one of those free safeties that uh, are too often are going to be too far away from the action. Uh, a couple of linebackers we, we should talk about. Um, that are getting a lot of playing time in the preseason. Now, granted, they're not going to be starters, but they're veterans and somebody that we should keep an eye on uh, on both of these teams, and that's with the Chicago Bears have Alec Ogletree and the Giants have Reggie Ragland. They're both getting a lot of playing time in the preseason with Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan not playing in the first two games. Ogletree has been seeing a lot of playing time and making the most of it. And with uh, Blake Martinez out with a, due to a quote unquote illness, um, Raglan's been taking over his spot for the Giants. So these are insurance or handcuffs maybe for both of these uh, teams in regards to their in- inside uh, linebacker starters. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for the NFL Week 1 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up and will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Tune in to Extra Points Livestream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. 
Well, let's move on to some notable injuries, shall we? Wow. And some of them are kind of eye-openers. We'll we'll fire through these really quick. Uh, One of them was Zadarius Smith. The information came out that uh, he likely is going to miss the season opener uh, due to a back injury. He he was activated um, for practice this week, but as the, the week progressed, he didn't fare very well and was still slowed by this back injury. And it doesn't look like he's going to be ready for the opener. Now, in Cincinnati, there's some brutal news with Joseph Asai, rookie that we talked about last week. We mentioned he had a great uh, preseason game, and he, he he injured his wrist, and we wanted to keep an eye on that. Well, he's undergoing surgery on a meniscus injury and is likely out for the season. That's a big, big loss for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's the same type of thing that is going to happen to the Jets, who lost Carl Lawson for the season with a torn Achilles. And that's a big, big hole for this uh, Jets uh, defensive end position. Now, uh, Jacob Phillips, linebacker in Cleveland, suffered a season-ending torn biceps. He was the backup to uh, Anthony Walker, the Mike linebacker. And we know that Walker has a a history of of being in and out of the lineup with injuries himself. So Phillips was kind of an insurance uh, on Walker. Well, that went out the window too. Now, I mentioned Ben Burkirvin suffering a torn ACL on the opening kickoff in um, this past weekend in Seattle. Well, that could help Cody Barton maybe be upgraded um, and see more playing time. I mean, Brooks and Bobby Wagner are going to be the ones that will be manning the, the starting jobs, but it looks like Barton is now for sure going to be the Sam linebacker uh, and see at least 50% of the snaps. Another major injury was uh, LJ Fort who suffered a season-ending torn ACL. For, uh, Malik Harrison and Fort were battling for the inside linebacker position next to Patrick uh, Queen. And it looks like Harrison, obviously, now is going to be the inside linebacker uh, starting next to Queen because of the fact that Fort's done for the year. Now, last week we talked about Jared Davis, and Jared Davis was having a great camp. We, we mentioned the fact that a change of scenery was doing him really well and that he was going to be possibly a late-round pick that you could get a sleeper-type linebacker that could be a linebacker two, uh, maybe even a, a low-end one. Well, he injured his ankle, even though it's not a high ankle sprain. It will likely keep him out for at least two months, and they're hoping to have him back by uh, after their bye week in week six. Now, that's a big ouch, chances are they'll keep him on the roster. And then when the season, just before the season starts, they'll put him on the designated to return IR list, which means that he'll sit there for three weeks. Either that or they'll put him on the PUP list. Either way, that's uh, something that's going to happen to Davis. And then I'm trying to think of who might fill in for Davis. There's a couple of names that are there. Obviously, C.J. Mosley now is in the driver's seat. He probably he was already in the driver's seat, probably for the production there. But um, you know, depending on how Davis was going to back bounce back, uh, we we were trying to figure out how much of that was going to kind of chip away at at Mosley's lead there. But who will replace Davis? That easily could be. There's a kind of a I think. Uh, a, a two-way street here or a two-way race. Uh, one of them is uh, kind of a player that have co- has come out of nowhere, which is converted safety Hamza Nasraldin. Now, he has been impressing throughout the entire training camp. He 
he's the type of player that they're that they're rooting for and trying to get him on the field and basically have their own version of Isaiah Simmons. It's not a it's not a perfect comparison, but it, again, it would be the type of player that they could uh, rely on a little bit more heavily in in coverage situations, which is something that that every team needs to have more of. Um, and the other player, if it, if it's not Hamsa, it might be uh, Jamie and Sherwood, who's another player who's kind of up and coming. But these these two players are going to have one more week here to to you know prove that they are able to take that uh, position next to uh, C.J. Mosley. Likely they'll be on the field, but the question is, will either one of them truly take hold of this and and possibly be a three down player for us? If so, that's a deep deep sleeper. Yeah, Nazareel Dean has is, is been playing a lot more outside linebacker, and, and he's pushing uh, Blake Cashman to the sidelines. And I, I, from what you just said, the fact that he's um, shifted from the safety position and, and is very good at uh, coverage, especially on tight ends, um, they may want to keep him there and, and bring in Sherwood for the early downs next to Mosley and then move Nazareel Dean inside possibly if they keep both of them uh, or one of them on the field for three, uh, three downs, it's going to be an interesting watch, but it's definitely Jared Davis is gone for the first, most likely the next two, uh, two months and continue on with the injuries. Uh, Stefan Gilmore is day to day with a quadricep injury. Um, these next few are going to be just minor things that we will, will touch upon um, San Francisco's defensive tackle, Maurice Herf's, uh, suffered a high ankle sprain. He'll miss some time. Uh, Michael Kendricks suffered a turf toe. He just signed with with uh, San Francisco, and they were looking to use him on a regular basis. And then he suffered a turf toe sprain, and he'll also miss some time. Uh, Antoine Woods injured his hamstring and uh, didn't return to the game in week, preseason week two. Also injured in preseason week two was Nicholas Morrow. He injured his ankle. He's expected to miss some time. And now this benefits Nick Rukowski, which we mentioned last week, or the green dot. So there's a good chance that Morrow could lose the starting job to Kukowski if he takes advantage of the situation and does well in uh, Morrow's absence. And finally, J.J. Watt um, returned to practice on Monday uh, coming off a hamstring injury. Um and he looked. He, he didn't look bad. He didn't look great. I mean, he didn't do a heck of a lot. But the fact that he's back and playing is is a good sign for the Cardinals. Now, I have a question for you, Justin. What's that, Thomas? So, hey, Justin, what is Monkey Knife Fight? You mean the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet? Well, it's a daily fantasy points operator offering you a unique style of player props. One of the things we really love about MKF is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire like other sites, who shall remain nameless. The third biggest operator in DFS offers all the major sports, plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, and constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users. Case in point, college football is coming fall of 2021, and we've heard rumblings of bowling, tennis, even fishing. So here's how it works. One, pick a sport. Two, select a game matchup. Three, pick your fantasy contest, either more or less, rapid fire, or stat shootout. Four, choose your buy-in. 
Now, use, now new users can use code FANTASYPTS, FANTASYPTS, to claim an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. So head to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or the Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. Thomas? Well, we wrap this up with the uh, Discord board and the questions that we've been asking everybody there to send us and maybe we talk about in the um, podcast. And a a user member, Mr. B, asked a few questions regarding um, are there any sleeper linebackers out there and also asked about who's the Green Bay linebacker to own. Would it be Chris Barnes or um, Devondre Campbell? Uh, I'll start us off real quick with the the Packers, and it's looking more and more like Barnes is the man to own. But the fact that they're not playing Campbell might suggest that he's being saved to avoid injury as they are counting on him, so he's likely going to start next to Barnes inside. But I think Barnes is manning the position that Blake Martinez and Christian Kirksey last year um, what we call is the the money or gold linebacker position on this Packer team. So I would have to say that the younger Barnes is the one that um, will most likely be the one you should count on and be looking to out of the two. What are your thoughts I, on that? I, I totally agree. Uh, I don't think Campbell's going away. I think we're I think we're going to see. You know, one of the things that we've seen from Green Bay over the last couple of years is this more heavily heavy reliance on a single linebacker and and more uh DBs in coverage. So there was usually only one linebacker we could rely on. Um well right. now they've got, you know, but this is a new defense. They have a new def- de- defensive coordinator in Joe Barry who, you know, was an assistant with with the Rams and they they certainly used a, a healthy amount of single linebackers, but they de- they definitely use plenty of uh two LB sets as well. I think uh, not only do they want Barnes to kind of have that role, uh, he's kind of up and coming, and Devondre Campbell still has plenty of football left in him, but uh, he's bounced around from three different teams now, uh, which can can give you can give you a little piece of that. He's not finding uh, uh, enough snaps out there, to, you know, on, on a team to to be as fantasy relevant. So uh, Barnes has already been the three down linebacker so far in camp. Also, in I mean, he only played 12 snaps in preseason week two, but of those 12 snaps, he played a pretty solid game. Another part of that is that Kamal Martin had a <laughs> poor guy. He had a he had a really rough game. Um, so Kamal Martin, as as possibly being somebody to contend with Barnes for snaps, we can pretty much wipe that off the table. It was it was a long shot anyway. Martin would have had to just play a ridiculous game, and unfortunately, he had uh, the opposite of that. So I, you know, for me, Barnes is in the driver's seat, and I I'd rather invest a draft pick in in a younger player in an ascend you know kind of a a developing defense uh, than than a player like Campbell, who I'm sure we'll see plenty of snaps, but is likely on on the downside of things. And, going and I believe it's a one year deal that he signed. So. And they've been using Oren Brooks next to um, Chris Barnes. Now, I don't think Brooks will start the season as the starting inside linebacker. I think we're going to see next week whether or not Campbell plays. If he doesn't, then there might be an injury situation or something going on with the veteran that could affect whether or not he even starts on opening day. The fact that he's not out on the field 
has us, you know, a little concerned and worried and, and watching to, to see if we can gather any information on this. But Barnes is out there. Barnes is making the plays. Barnes is the guy we would get behind. And this now, is one of the situations where we have, where we mentioned kind of earlier, it would be one thing if Campbell was dressed and then came in in the third right. quarter. That would be a clear sign that Campbell is second or third team and, and they're they're expecting him to be that and they're going to try and keep Burks fresh. That is not what we saw. They had Campbell on the sidelines saving his, like you said, saving his veteran legs, trying to trying to keep him healthy. That is a clear sign that 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 as of now, unless something changes next week, Campbell should be on 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 uh, running with the ones and be part of the first team defense. How many snaps he has over Barnes, um, or how many snaps he'll he'll be able to uh, maintain on a weekly basis? That's another question. Yeah, and 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 again, if he dresses and Burks starts, then it's going to be Burks who will pl- probably start the season next to to Barnes, and that definitely seals the deal on going with Barnes over Campbell. Now uh, we, we want to touch base on some sleeper linebackers. Um, Mr. B also asked about, are there any sleeper linebackers? There's quite a few out there um, for dynasty and keeper and just overall in general linebackers that you can get in the middle to late rounds, depending on, you know, what type of league you're in, how deep your league is. The deeper the, the your rosters are for IDPs, the higher in the drafts and or more in the auctions these players are going to go. But a few that I'll start off with, um, uh, we mentioned Alex Singleton. This this cat is really, really doing extremely well. He's looking like a solid um, three-down linebacker. He could be uh, very well be the, the, the one on the Eagles who takes the most snaps. So... Alex Singleton is one target we would be focusing on. Another we mentioned already was Jordan Brooks. The injury to, to um, uh, Bur- Burkirvin is going to open the door for Brooks to solidify his playing time on the defense, and he'll be most likely playing the K.J. Wright position. Uh, I I do have to throw out the possibility of KJ Wright being signed. He's still out there and is a free agent. And now that they're a little thinner at linebacker, they may bring Wright back and that could hurt Brooks a little bit, but for overall sleeper, especially long-term, I think Jordan Brooks is a solid choice. Now you had mentioned Xavier Collins. He stepped right into the starting lineup. Jordan who (laughs) Hicks is already (laughs) on his way out the door and, you know, don't let it, don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out because Collins is now playing next to Isaiah Simmons, and it's looking more and more like Collins could be taking more snaps than Simmons in in regards to come Simmons coming off the field in certain passing situations. And the the other one linebacker that we've been touting all all along to keep an eye on because he's been taking the mic. Uh, first team reps with the Bengals is Logan Wilson. Wilson is a going is going to be most likely a three down linebacker for the most part. Should be taking anywhere between eighty five and ninety five percent of the snaps. All right, I'm going to dig into some uh, kind of deep sleepers here. The, these are players that uh, if you're in deep dynasty leagues, these could be stashes. We may see see some of them this year. I'm going to avoid the the, the big ones, you know, like uh, Pete Werner and Nick Bolton and, and all all of the the kind of bigger rookies that that everybody should be 
pretty much aware of. I'm not going to consider those sleepers um, in terms of the, 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 the depth of which I'm digging here. Um, one of the ones I'm going to start with is a uh, rookie third round draft pick for the, for the Rams, Ernest Jones. He's uh, he's had a really good training camp and um, beat reporter Jordan Rodriguez reported that we've been seeing Jones take snaps with the ones in training camp next to Kenny Young. And that's over Micah Kaiser. Uh, I, I don't I don't think he's going to be uh, a three down player for them uh, right out of the gate. I think this just could be a situation where maybe you this could be something where in the middle of the season, Jones all of a sudden steps up and or uh, an injury happens and he kind of steps up. If if uh, both Kaiser and Young are, are playing well, Jones would just be a, a dynasty staff for, stash for next year. But they took him in a third round. He's having a strong camp, and they're already experimenting with him, uh, possibly running with the ones. That's all arrows pointing up for me. Uh, another one is D- uh, Derek Barnes uh, out uh, for Detroit. This is another guy who who they're they're kind of moving up the ranks. He, he's forcing their hand to have have a move up. Now, as of right now, they just have Alex Anzalone, who's their their main guy in the middle. Uh, uh, Jamie Collins is is the will linebacker there. He moves around a lot. He's going to be somebody who is going to play on the edge. Uh, he's going to use him at, in OLB and edge snaps as well as coverage snaps inside linebacker. He's their Swiss Army knife there, and they've got Alex Anzalone lined up to be their their primary you know Mike linebacker. Behind him, this last game. Uh, was so bad that Dan Campbell just flat out called a, a couple of players to the carpet uh, and said that they, they might not make make it through cuts. And it's you know, just from the reading I did, uh, a couple of players, well, first of all, a couple of players that had just terrible games were uh, Jalen Reeves-Mabin uh, and Jelani Tavai, uh, along with actually Will Harris, which is a whole other subject to cover. But um, there's a chance that Will Harris, uh, you know, who's just made – we remember some pretty big gaffes he made last year. He, he unfortunately has not had a great run here. But if if they take uh, Tavai out of the equation, uh, they're going to start giving those snaps to Derek Barnes. Um, and Barnes was a fourth-round rookie. He's a rangy linebacker. He does have some pass rushing chops. He just has to kind of uh, get a little bit sharper on cover- coverage. But he's had a great uh, preseason. He played really well in the first game in the first preseason. He played really well in the second game. Uh, and with Tavai, uh, in particular Tavai, on the outs and Alex Anzalone not necessarily being a world beater there in the middle, Jamie Collins being a little older, I would st- I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stash uh, Derek Barnes and and I suggest that, that you do the same thing. Uh, and then one more inside linebacker is um, Jermaine Carter uh, for the Carolina Panthers. This you know he's been on the on the team for a couple of years, but the real issue here is what's going to happen with Denzel Perryman. First of all, pa- Perryman at least early on wasn't vaccinated uh, and. You know, depending on what you know, what can happen with how the NFL and the team handles that. Uh, I know he, he's and he also had an injury. He's now back at practice and he's playing. But Carter has been taking some very valuable snaps for them and has been playing well in that situation. And Perryman, a veteran, uh, might find himself uh, getting moved out of that role uh, some somewhere in the, in the middle of the season. I have I have higher hopes long term for Jones and Barnes than I do Carter. But Carter is somebody who could e- easily fill in and just be a solid LB two LB three for you. Um, and then Thomas, I think I'm sure you got a couple of them, don't you? Yeah, we mentioned Sherwood, Jamie and Sherwood from the the Jets. 
and he's more tailored for an inside linebacker role. And if Davis doesn't, re, uh, Jared Davis doesn't rebound from uh, his injury, he's somebody to keep an eye on and and possibly run with down the road. Uh, and the last one I want to mention is on uh, Tampa Bay. Joe Tryon is is making a uh, head turn in Tampa Bay. Um, he's an outside linebacker. He was converted from defensive end out of the University of Washington. Um, he's with the age becoming a problem with Jason Pierre-Paul and the possibility that in the, a year or two down the road, Pierre Paul JPP won't be with them anymore. Tryon is is the one that is stepping in to fill his shoes, and they want to get him out on the field. They can move him anywhere along that defensive line, inside and out. They can put him at defensive tackle. They can put him on defensive end with his hand in the ground. They can put him as a roving outside linebacker in a two-point pos- uh, standing position and bring him off the edge um, in certain schemes. He's very versatile. Uh, explosive kind of guy, big time thumper. Um, Tryon is somebody you you should also keep an eye on as far as deep deep leagues. If you're looking for a sleeper linebacker, keep an eye on Joe Tryon. Indeed, I'm gonna get a t-shirt made. All right, <laughs> fantasy points t-shirt. Speaking of fantasy points, my name is Justin Varnes. This has been the IDP Corner. Myself and Thomas Simons uh, kind of co-lead the IDP corner of the fantasypoints.com site. Lots of great uh, offensive minds over there as well. Obviously, head honcho there, John Hansen. Uh, they cover every aspect of the of the game, DFS, betting, you name it, personnel changes. Uh, we got Greg Cosell, uh, somebody who can hop on and help us with film study, uh, all the way down to the IDP section, which would be myself and Thomas. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to try and help clean up what happens after week three. Thomas, take us out of here. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.